What's up, Mindset Money and More family? Listen, over the next 21 days, we're doing something very, very unique right here on the podcast. So if you're listening, listen a little harder. So over the next 21 days, we're gonna be following a 21-day financial fast. Now, I want you to know that even if you don't share the same beliefs, because this is built on biblical principle, you can still take so much from this fast, right? The the concept of fasting is the self-denial, the obedience, the discipline. And honestly, those are things that your average person struggles with, even outside of finances. So in the 21-day financial fast, we're, we're doing this as a group, as a community. There is also a Facebook community, and that link will be in the comments of every episode for you guys if you want to join us there to get a visual, to be on video with us, and really do this as a community, right? Money-making is a team sport. Getting better with money can be a team sport. And so... Over the next 21 days, we're going to go through some foundational things because your foundation has to be built the right way, like with anything else. And then we're going to get into some really practical things about budgeting, saving, credit cards, your credit, investing, budgeting. I mean, so many different things for you to really experience that increase in your financial life. And so, like I said, even if you have different beliefs, then the ones that are being shared just know that you can still take a lot of the practical things to level up so who is the financial fast for you guys honestly it can be for anyone it can be for the person right now listening who feels like man i have more month than money i need some help maybe you're the person that's like i need a budget and i need to stick to it because i know my spending habits are great maybe you're the person that's like i want to learn about investing and i don't know where to start Or maybe you're that person that's struggling to still get out of an overdraft fee cycle. And maybe you might be the person listening that's like, hey, I'm a pretty good money manager. I just want to take this to another level, right? I want to level up in my wealth building or whatever that looks like. But this can really be for anyone. So I'm super excited to share this with you guys. Make sure that you do this together. Share this podcast episode with someone so that they can listen on their way to work or in the car while they're waiting at the soccer game, wherever they may find themselves. Because when you are able to pass on information to someone else that can be life-changing, if they apply it, you have now been a catalyst for them to be able to change their life. So let's get started. Again, under every single episode, you will have the link to the Facebook community where we are doing this together on video every single day. And I cannot wait to hear your success story coming out of the financial fast. Let's go. vision of how to accomplish everything that needs to get accomplished. So I hope that you guys feel the same. So let's talk about day 21 financial freedom. Make sure that you tag someone that's been doing the fast with you so that they can check in for the last day. Don't be letting them off the hook on day 21. Okay. So day 21 is all about financial freedom. Okay. And can we agree that most of us were here for financial freedom, financial peace? Can we agree that we've been here for that? <laughs> I want a gyro or a gyro so bad. <laughs> ah, Johnny says him too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely look, Amara's clapping for y'all. Okay. Um, I definitely did the financial fast too for even more of an idea for financial freedom and financial peace. So the main point in day 21 is, well, actually it's the final day, right? So we're going to talk a lot about financial faithfulness. It reminds me of the song, great is your faithfulness. My gift is not singing to me. Yes. Look, Amara's excited. Y'all hear her clapping in the background. Amara, celebrate for the financial fast say yeah she's jumping up and down you guys like she's at an event right now she learned from her mama didn't you pumpkin clap say yay everyone no ma'am no ma'am see you tell Tyler to do one thing and they just go left so the main point is if you really want to know what you value look at where you spend your money have we not been talking a lot about this
If you want to know what you value, look at where you spend your money. A lot of us realize that we valued food, huh? Because we ate out a whole lot. And so the pledge is this. I promise to find at least one other person to help go through the 21-day financial fast. And this is the piece about, you guys, share what you've done with other people, not from a place of, you know, saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look at everything that I've done, but more so from a place of, hey, have you ever done the financial fast? Have you thought about doing something like that? Just start a conversation and let them ask you, what are you talking about? Right. Um, shout out to Betanese because she had made a post on her page about doing the financial fast. And it led to me having a conversation with someone that asked me, what's this financial fast that someone tagged you in? Right. So share your testimony. And so um, let's talk about it. Right. Michelle opens by saying, y'all did it like pat yourself on the back. Praise God. We made it to day 21. Alejandra says, tomorrow's the last day of ultimate endless shrimp at Red Lobster. <laughs> Why did Johnny look up like, oh, is it really? Oh, that's too funny. But yeah, they still do that. They're doing it here too, Shelly. So she says, go ahead and congratulate yourself. Um, she's certainly proud. I'm definitely proud of you guys. Like it has been the full 21 days and a lot of you guys stuck to this, Okay. So even if you faltered along the way, it's the fact that you were committed to a better financial life, right? Anybody else in here like, yep, I'm committed. I might have not been perfect through the fast, but I'm committed, right? And I know for me, I'm going to tell you guys, this is why every time I talk to you guys individually and you tell me about something that didn't go as great as you wanted it to, it's always progress over perfection. Because can I tell y'all that your coach, your financial fast coach fell off today? I faltered just a little bit because sis has had a long week, okay? And I'm not even justifying my behavior. I'm going to just tell it like it is. I'm about to tell myself, I ordered some wings for my family tonight. And a part of me was like, Francis, really? On the last day of the fast, you're going to order the wings. And then the other part of me was like, give yourself a little grace. Y'all have not eaten out at all. I've literally not spent any miscellaneous money outside of a commitment that we already had before the fast, which was getting the kids candy for trunk or treat. And so it's okay because you came here with the commitment of a better financial life and one order of wings or one Celsius is not going to be the reason why you're not successful. Now, if it was the other day, uh, the other way around and you only stuck to the fast one day, and you had 15 Celsius's, then you broke the fast, right? <laughs> you really broke it. But it really just is about progress. It's an indication that you're committed if you only faltered one time, maybe twice, even three times. This might have been super new for you. The commitment might have been new for you. And so she just says, doesn't it feel good to know that you can change or improve your finances for the better if you just decide to do that? If you just commit to doing it, because we can all say we're going to do something, right? How many of us have said we're going to do something and we still haven't done it? Like how many of us have said, you know, I'm going to save some money and you weren't, you didn't start saving till the fast. So it's the fact that this empowered you to know that you can do this. You can fight for a better financial future. So over the last 21 days, we've done a lot. Can you agree? We've covered a lot of things. We've covered a lot of principles. And the truth is a lot of it probably made you uncomfortable. Has anybody been uncomfortable during this fast? Can I count for two people? <laughs> it's been uncomfortable, right? So let me know if I'm the only one. Like, it's been uncomfortable to get aware and look at your budget and be like, dang, I've been blowing it in this area. Or, man, I got a lot of debt to still tackle, right? Whatever it was for you, it is uncomfortable, right? But let's talk about one of the most important days of this fast. Every day was important, hands down. 
day seven. If you have not made a budget, don't play your own self. You're not playing me if you don't do a budget. You're not even playing the 21-day financial fast if you don't do a budget. You're playing yourself. You're playing your prosperity that God has promised for you. If you do not do day seven more than any other day, if you skipped it, I need you to be accountable for yourself, right? You need to have some accountability, the, the, the ability to account that you skip day seven. And I need you to go back and do day seven, because as the Bible says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. That's from Proverbs 21, five. So if you skipped day seven, I need you to be accountable to yourself and to God because you're his money manager. Remember what steward means? So a lot of people are hard-headed. I am. Can anybody else or, or is it just me? I'm a little hard-headed, but I understand that if I play myself behind closed doors, if I play what God has for me behind closed doors, there's, no, there's not going to be any evidence in my life that I'm experiencing financial fruitness or fruitfulness. And so don't be that person that skips day seven and finds an excuse of why you didn't do it. Hey, sis, it's okay. Look, girl, you're here. Don't be that person that skips it and finds the excuse. Instead, be the person that Michelle doesn't have to call sluggard. Because in Proverbs 6, 6, it says, instead... Handle your finances like an ant who has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. You have to budget. And budgeting is the one thing that people skip because it's the most uncomfortable. We talked about the, the psychology behind it, the thought process behind budgeting. Oh, that's for broke people. That's ghetto. Lose that thought. But you have to go back and budget because it's your foundation. It is really your foundation to any prosperity, any financial peace, any financial freedom that you're fighting for. So go back and do budgeting. Is there anybody on here who didn't do day seven and is okay sharing that, that is saying right now, all right, I heard this. This was my moment of conviction. I'm going to go back and I'm really going to do day seven. And it's not about the budget being perfect, but it's starting a budget that you can build on over time that you can tweak and and get better with over time and as you experience different seasons in your life you will have to alter your budget not to increase some areas but you will have seasons in your budget where the kids require more like back to school time you will have areas in your budget where during the holiday season if you host you got to make some room for that or if you cook certain things during the holiday season uh, to bring over to your families that you normally don't make every month, you do have to budget for those things. And so make sure that you go back and do the foundation because can anybody guess in the chat what happens when you don't have a solid foundation with anything? What happens? I'm going to leave it open for y'all to answer that one. But what happens when your foundation is not solid? I think Amara answered it, but let's see what y'all got. <laughs> when the foundation's not solid. Like anything else, think about a home that's built on a bad foundation. Eventually, it might start to lean. Yeah, everything is going to fall apart. So you want to make sure things crumble. Absolutely. You want to make sure that you set that foundation. So go back and do day seven. So let's read Bethany's testimony. Bethany says, my greatest challenge was to keep the overall commitment. Just knowing nobody was watching me spend, my personal integrity was consistently being challenged as it is usually <coughs> living this Christian life. Excuse me. <coughs> she says, I used scripture to encourage me when I got weary. That's a great plan. Scripture served as a steady diet of faith building nuggets that encourage me to see the fast through to the end. And so this is, this was God's blueprint to prosperity. The point of the fast wasn't to set you up for you to buy more things 
it was not to set you up to buy more things. The fast was to help you enrich so that you can bless other people. And I want you to think about this and drop some ideas in the chat. When you think about blessing other people, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? I bought hot Cheetos today and a sugar-free <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> it's okay, girl. I think we all we all faltered a little bit today, but we did so good the la these last three weeks. So that's the grace part, right? We're not going to get it right all the time, but we can get it right most of the time. Um, so when you think about blessing other people, what comes to your mind? Like if you, if money was no problem for you right now, how would you want to bless someone else? How would you want to bless the community? How would you want to bless people in your life? I want you guys to share some ideas in the chat. I'll give you one of mine. I think if you've been in my life in any way, shape or form, you know, this is one of mine. Um, a way that I see it is going to Amara. No, thank you. Y'all, I'm a mom for real. So if you're listening back on the podcast or on YouTube, just know that this is real life, okay? Like we're doing the fast during real life. <laughs> and so drop some of your ideas. Because if you know me in real life, you know something that I talk about a lot is, you know, local elementary schools where some kids might not have a winter coat, right? And sometimes it's apparent when you're dropping kids off or you see them walking to school with a hoodie and it's freezing outside. Um, I, I have this thing that I, I want kids to be able to have a winter coat, right? It sounds simple, but if one person could donate 50 coats every winter season, that's 50 kids that don't have to worry about um, being cold, right? So that's something that I see. So I want you guys to drop some ideas. I lost track of time. I'm here. Welcome, girl. It's all good. All the replays are here. So that's one of mine. What are some of yours? How do you see yourself being able to bless other people if money was not a problem, right? Well, what are some things you would want to do? So that's one of mine. Um, another one of mine is walking into like your local Walmart or TJ Maxx where people do like layaways and just being able to pay people's layaways and them not even know who it was where they could come in and, you know, um, just pick up their stuff and say, somebody paid your balance. Merry Christmas. Right. Or whatever. Um, let's see some of the ones in the in the chat, but drop yours, you guys. I know y'all more creative than this. And I know that you got some desires to do some things for other people in your community. So Benanee says, I plan on helping the homeless people I saw at the bus stop by my house. That's beautiful. We have so much that we take for granted. So Leanna says, I donate all Avery's clothes to shelters, not Goodwill or those other places. That's a really good thing because Goodwill just turns around and makes a profit. I'm not shading you if you shop at Goodwill, but I'm just saying it's one of the most brilliant, profitable business models where people donate stuff to you and then you sell it, right? As opposed to like the Salvation Army or shelters that they will be given directly to. That's really good. And the more financial resources we have, we have we have the ability to give those resources to other people. Um, Shelly says, I want to hold classes to teach teenagers about finances. Sis, I see a potential collaboration. Let's get it. I love it. Benny says, I would love to give a huge tax donation to my son's school. They don't have music or art programs. Girl, that's a big part of your why. Someone said, Alejandra said, feed the homeless for Thanksgiving. That's a beautiful thing. And I would encourage you. And the reason I asked you to share these things is because sometimes we think that even with what we have now that we can't help. And I say this because the Thanksgiving one rang a bell for me. So right now with our church, we are, everyone that can is donating a turkey. And I think I shared this with you guys already, but then what they do is they attempt to feed at least a hundred families, but not just give them a turkey and say, happy Thanksgiving. Like if they're really struggling, where are they going to get their sides? So they do the whole thing. They provide an entire meal for families where they could just make a line and come get everything. So I want to encourage you with some of these ideas that you guys have dropped. And this is this piece of execution where sometimes we think that it takes way more for us to be able to help. Right. So I want you to think about something that you dropped in the comments of a way that you would like to help. 
Um, I, I'm going to use you guys just as an example so you can see that you're closer than you even think. And for it to be fuel for you to fight for your financial freedom and your financial peace, because then you can do more. Let's be real, right? Money enhances who you are. So with all these beautiful ideas, we kind of need some resources, but I want you to know that you can start now. So I'm going to use some of these examples in the chat. Leanna says she already donates Avery's clothes and even her own to women's shelters. So during this fast, right, we were taught to look at the things that we just have extra of, right? Pulling things out of our house. I want to encourage you to go through, like if she has toys or your clothes, go through them again and see, am I really holding on to stuff that I don't need? And go make that donation. That's like an extra a extra bonus donation, right? So you can take action now. Um, let's see. Berenice says, helping the homeless people that you see by the bus stop. So I want to encourage you with some of the money that you were able to save during the fast. Maybe it's only 20 bucks, but let me tell you, 20 bucks can go a long way for people who don't have any means. So maybe instead of spending that $20 on fast food, maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to go when I go to Walmart or whatever grocery store you go to, I'm going to get an extra loaf of bread, a little pack of Ziploc bags, and a pack of water and some like turkey deli meat, you know, the prepackaged four or five dollar turkey meat. And maybe you put together little baggies of a sandwich, right? Uh, leave a, a thoughtful note on it with a Sharpie and, and a water and hand those out. Sometimes we think that the idea is so far gone because we we see this big vision that we have. And little do we know we can execute in really small steps. And I learned this when Wanda taught me this about executing on a podcast that look, even Amara agrees, a podcast that was on my heart for years. So I just want you to know, um, and I want to give you kind of not some homework, but some homework to get your, your wheels turning, because these are little things that you can do to keep your fuel going, to want to help people more than you already do. And the desire is there for a reason. So maybe that kind of idea, you can still be helping them without having as many resources just yet. So maybe once a month you take $25 and that's part of your giving. I don't know if you give to a local church or whatever you do, but maybe you make $25 of your giving every month to do that for the people by the bus stop. They would probably look at you and just say, thank you. Because some of the things we take for granted, like really big meals at Thanksgiving, there's someone at a bus stop, right, potentially praying to just eat the next day. And so I just want to encourage you guys to start thinking, what other examples did we have? Um, same thing for you, Alejandra. It might not just be Thanksgiving, but maybe it's that $25 that you make extra on a day that you're working and you go do little things like that, right? Or you know, get an extra turkey and cook it up and, you know, slice it up and make turkey sandwiches with real turkey to give them a little feel of Thanksgiving. I don't know. You can get creative with it. Um, let me look at what was another idea. Shelly says she wants to hold classes to teach teenagers about finances. Um, can we start asking, you know, during the right before Christmas break at maybe some of the local schools, do they have a need where someone could come speak. And I know that sounds really big and scary, but this is where I could come in and help. Um, so maybe we start thinking about something like that. Just little things that sometimes we think, hey, if I reach more success, then I can do that. When really you have such a gift right now that you can really be giving. And the better you get, yes, the more prosperity you acquire, you're going to be able to do more and more. And I'm talking to myself with this one because I share a lot of the same passions as you guys. So maybe we get together, right, even in this group, share an idea and say, you know, hey, you guys, this month, let's make it a goal to feed 50 people that we don't know. And each one of us takes on to help 10 people, 10 sandwiches, uh, 10 waters, and we all come together. And it's not about posting on social media that you do those things, but maybe you record yourself as you're getting it ready and say, we're going to go hand this out. It's November, right? Let's make it a November to remember. And we go hand those things out. You don't have to record yourself doing that because you, you know, you do what you want. But I really feel like if you just recorded you prepping stuff in the morning or us all going live, I'm just throwing ideas here because they're coming to me. So I need accountability. OK, so if I do it here in this in this live, I'll stay accountable. But maybe we all get together 
right? And we're recording ourselves making the sandwiches and the bags and, you know, grocery bags. Take a couple extra when you're at Kroger or use the bags that you use when you grocery shop and package them up, right? A sandwich, a water, and maybe some kind of sanitary item. And we do, between all of us, each of us do 10 of them. That might cost you 10 or $15, maybe 20. And now we helped 50 people, just us, five or six people. But it starts with the five or six who reached the 50 and 60 because God left the 99 to come back for you. And so I just wanted to plant some seeds for you guys and for us as a group, like let's not let it stop at the financial fast. We're, we're ble- we're, we've been blessed with a lot of resources, I think. I know a lot of you guys personally. And so I don't think that $20 would kill our pockets, right? And especially for a lot of us that are learning the skill that we're learning, $20 can go and bless five or six people that just needed a little drop of, there's humanity that I can count on still, right? Think about your hardest seasons and someone that might've come through for you. And so Michelle goes on to say what it says in 1 Timothy 6, 18, where it says, um, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Not because you're like, ooh, every good thing I do, God is putting a check mark next to my life. No, because you genuinely know he's been good to you. How many of us know, even in our hardest seasons, you're like, ooh, if I didn't have God or whatever you believe in, right? I don't know. I don't even know how I made it here. You know that song, never could have made it. I would have lost it all. (laughs) I'm not a singer, okay? Johnny coughed because he's trying to be kind to me. But I know I can't sing. It's all good. My feelings are not hurt. Zero out of five stars. Not happening because I know. I know I can't sing. Well, I can actually sing in the shower when it's muffled with the water, you know? It sounds real good. But... I want you to think about that and what good. So she says, what good is it for you to have and buy a C-class Mercedes Benz if you won't give anyone a ride? She says, or selfishly take up two spots because you don't want nobody to ding your the door on your new Benz, right? She said, what good is it to have a lavishly decorated home with all these bedrooms, but you'll refuse to take in a relative or friend who might need a place to stay for a night? And so she says her and her husband have used their God-given prosperity to send a young woman who they met in a journalism class to community college, right? So think about all these possibilities that you are able to contribute to as you become more prosperous, right? As you uh, pay off this debt, as you increase your giving, what if you could help a student? Shelly has students on her heart, teenagers, What if you could come together with a group of five friends and by the time they graduate high school, we're able to give them a $4,000 check to cover, you know, a semester or two. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but that can be someone's beacon of hope. Right. And so we have all so she said we have all assisted. um, So they've helped two of their nieces pay for college expenses. You know, I have nieces and nephews. And so it it might seem like a a small deal, but even my niece now, who's 22, she's 22. Yeah, she's 22. She'll still call sometimes for financial advice or, hey, I kind of actually need to hold 20 bucks. Right. I love her to death, but we've all been 22. Have we not? And we're learning life. And so just be someone that they can count on because you're doing a lot of the right things. And Shelly says, yeah, because that's when they start working, they're getting paid and they're not taught what to do with the money they get. Exactly. So she says when her brother and sister-in-law, when they fell short on the money for the down payment for this home, they really wanted to buy. They were short and they were able to front them the money. She didn't say I gave them the money, but she fronted them the money because her and her husband had been doing the right thing. So she says at various times they've bailed out relatives. And she said it's not to brag, but to encourage you to save up to help people beyond your nuclear family, right? Wouldn't you like to bless someone in your life? I think about moms that I know that are really hardworking moms, a lot of them single moms. And that resonates harder for me because I was raised by a single mom. 
And so you have some moms out here that are really working as hard as they know how, as best as they know how. And if someone just said, you know, every holiday season or every, you know, summer, hey, here's 200 bucks that you can kind of stretch out through the summer and just use this as things you can do with the kids. I mean, you just never know. And so she just says prosperity gives us the power to bless other people, but it also poses temptation. And this is where you have to remember your values. You have to remember what drives you. Because there's nothing wrong with wanting the nice thing. Remember, we cover that. If you have it and it's something that you wanted and you wanted to splurge, then heck yeah. But what good is it to do that if you don't even have a seed of desire to help someone else? And if you know the creator that I know, even a little bit, he's the ultimate helper. And so she says there's plenty of warnings in the Bible that about worshiping wealth. And so she says the most well-known is this statement by Jesus. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's from Matthew 19, 24. So it's often misunderstood and interpreted as proof that God doesn't want you to prosper, but that's not true, right? Christ wasn't condemning prosperity. As we can see, he promises prosperity. He was making the point to his disciples that wealth can make it difficult to seek and receive salvation. And then he cautioned, we must learn to be content and avoid placing our faith in material things. And this is the key part right here. It is the love of money, not the money itself, that can stand in the way of someone's salvation. So when people say, oh, all you care about is money, not really. I do actually want some more resources so we can help some more people. Shoot, so you can help yourself even. And so just be mindful that a prosperity is yours, but just don't fall in love with the material things because there's always going to be more stuff, right? Let's establish that. There's always going to be a bigger house that you could want. There's always going to be a newer car, then an, a newer electric one, a, a newer pickup truck, a newer person walking down the street that might look a little better than your spouse. I mean, there's always going to be something else. There's always going to be another friend. There's always going to be something else, another thing. There's always going to be the next Jordan that came out 15 years ago. And it's coming out again. And so there's always going to be more stuff. So you just have to make sure to check your heart. And this is why the 21 day financial fast is such a good check-in because it makes you check your intention. It makes you evaluate your heart and it makes you evaluate really why you desire prosperity and financial peace. And so let me, let me catch up in the comments and we'll move on to the next part. My youngest brother's birthday is next week because of the fast. I'm, I'm going to approach gifting differently and I'm going to share the financial fast with him because it would have saved so much time and money and effort if someone showed me when I was 23. Girl, that might be the best gift you could ever bless him with. You can even buy him the book. Buy him the book and leave him a heartfelt note or a letter somewhere in the book and tell him why you really gave him the book. And then say, I thought that this would mean more than anything I could buy you because after all, we can all buy things, can't we? Maybe you do something like that. That's beautiful. I love that. Then we have, you can't pay cash for salvation. Nope, you sure can't. And you can't think just because you do good deeds that that's your ticket either, right? <laughs> so we got to check our heart, check our intention. So then she says, God's plan for prosperity isn't a blueprint to, to become Rockefeller rich. And so this is the part where you have to ask yourself and really get to learn you and who God created you to be. Because she goes into talking about how if you follow God's word, you you can spend well and live rich as long as you understand that living rich doesn't mean automatically that you're going to be blessed with a mansion or a Mercedes, right? And of, of course, this is where values come in because someone who's making $60,000 a year but has financial peace probably feels rich because they don't worry about some of the things about money that someone at 
250000 with tons and tons of debt worries about. Do you guys see what I mean by that? And what she means by that is it, it, it's not an automatic ticket for a mansion and a Mercedes. And quite frankly, I don't even want a Mercedes. It's too expensive to upkeep, if you ask me. But some other people might want a Mercedes. But just know that just because God promises prosperity, it doesn't mean you get a ticket for a mansion and a Mercedes. But instead, if you follow his disciplines, if you follow what you're commanded to do, even in the word, that you will live a rich life. But rich doesn't equate to a dollar amount. Rich doesn't equate to a certain kind of car. Rich doesn't equate to a certain kind of house. And so it might be that you're destined to live a modest life, but living a modest life with the right principles can still have you experiencing financial peace. And so, you know, again, we go back to this day of contentment. And if you miss the day of contentment, go back and, and read through it and really evaluate yourself. But she says, can I be honest with you? She's often on panels with really successful entrepreneurs. And she said that, one of the business owners was basically talking bad about the audience and telling them they need to strive to become their own boss. And can I be real with you? Not everyone is created to do that. If they were, we wouldn't have doctors. We wouldn't have attorneys. Uh, shout out to my cousin. She's an immigration attorney. And so if it weren't for people with a gift like hers that God put a seed in her to go practice law, we wouldn't have really good attorneys out here that are fighting for people who, who need someone to fight for them. And so she says that she personally likes to work for large corporations. And this is where you might differ with people in opinion. And this is OK, because if you are an entrepreneur on the line, right, or if you are the person that likes to work for corporate companies, understand that how fun would it be if we were all created the same? And you have a whole bunch of little people doing all the same things. It just wouldn't work out. We would live in a pretty boring world, if you ask me. Because if you told me that I had to go be a nurse, I would be like, girl, good luck. <laughs> tell Jesus to just come on. Tell, tell your Lord and Savior to come get you right now. Because you're going to die with me. I, I'm not created to go be nobody's nurse. I'm not created to draw no blood. I'm not created to check your blood pressure. Okay. You're going to die on my watch. So I'm going to send you to somebody like Leanna who knows where the perfect stick is at. It ain't me. You're going to die. And so she says that she personally likes to work for large corporations. Her paycheck comes every two weeks. She gets health insurance. That is really expensive in America, right? She gets paid vacation and sick leave. And it's comfortable for her. Can I tell you that some people like to live a comfortable life and that's okay? But if that's not you, that's also okay. And this is where learning yourself is key. This is where learning what excites you, what makes you passionate, and can you get there with what you're already doing? And so she said, I'm not sure that I want to be responsible for other people's livelihoods, right? And so in many ways, she has found that she is an entrepreneur, even though she likes to work with corporate companies. She is an entrepreneur. But it's not something that she chose because she was seeking wealth. This is the determining factor. Don't go be an entrepreneur just because you think it's going to make you rich. You could make really good money being an entrepreneur at someone's corporate company. And so entrepreneurship is amazing, but it's not your automatic ticket to becoming rich. And there's a difference. Rich is loud. Wealth is quiet. So for someone like her, she's she's learned, obviously, think of this 21-day financial fast. She is an entrepreneur with a seed in her to help so many other people. That didn't come to her as an idea to get rich. It came to her as an idea because she was doing the right things with her money. It came to her as an idea because she was like, man, this is God's blueprint. What if more people could learn this so that they can be more comfortable with their corporate salary so that they can see if I save the right way and I get out of debt and I do these certain things, I can live better. And so she found the path to follow God's plan for her life. So I, I challenge you that more than anything else to figure out little and little as you go, what is God's plan for your life? Because I can tell you right now, just full transparency, I'm in a season 
that I do work for a large corporate company and I would, I guess my work does count. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, I know that I'm, I'm a creative. I'm very, I'm that, I'm an encourager. I have a very, um, personable like spirit. And I know that part of my gift is not to sit at a desk. I know that I'm supposed to be in someone's living room, giving them hope or on someone's stage, giving them some hope or some encouragement. And so, but this is a season that I know God is taking me through for whatever he needs me to learn about his plan for my life. Same thing goes for you. So it's okay that you still work at a corporate company or that you do whatever you do for work, but understand that as you follow God's discipline and what he commands for your life more and more, he will put directly in your path what he needs you to be doing. Directly in your path. And sometimes we just have to be obedient enough to want to open up and take it, right? To open up and be willing to learn that new thing. To open up and say, this wasn't part of my plan, but it might be part of God's plan. So we're going to go with that one. Because when I do stuff on my own, it kind of gets messy, real messy, real fast. And so just understand that living a rich life may mean that following your dream to become a teacher or a, a, a healthcare professional. Who knows? But you know if God gave you a certain kind of gift. I think it was Leanna that said, I love drawing blood. I love you, sis. And I'm so proud of you. She's just not me. But that's the point. Do you see how Leanna was given a gift that Francis wasn't? And I think sometimes we get caught up in looking at what other people do and how good they are and oh, oh, oh this, this. But what about if you were designed to do that for whatever seasons God has you doing that? But that doesn't mean that Leanna can't be an entrepreneur. It doesn't mean that she can't pick up something else she's passionate with. It doesn't mean that she can't pick up learning about money. It doesn't mean that maybe one day what she learns about money that gets her financially free is the reason why she starts opening up a chain of blood drawing centers or a mobile uh, blood donation bus. Who knows? So that's why you have to be careful, like the day of coveting, to not covet and to really just focus, put your blinders on, do good with your money, adopt the right principles, and prosperities for you. And so does that make sense though? Drop an 888 if you're like, yep, I've been given certain gifts. Let me focus and try to figure out what some of those are. And the more you do that, you're like, man, I'm really, I'm starting to operate in that. And it will be little things that happen for you that you're like, oh, snap, God, that's you. Okay. I wanted to be on stage, but I didn't think it would happen like this. But let's go. I stay ready, right? And you are going to feel the same. And you are going to have to learn some things. You are going to have to develop some things. But that's the beautiful part about the process and becoming. So let's move on. So then she says she went to a seminar where the guy literally was preaching to the crowd and talking bad and criticizing people that work nine to fives, right? And he literally called them a loser and went like this on his forehead. And she was just like, his advice was atrocious and insulting. Here's why. If everyone was only an entrepreneur, who's going to help run some of the most successful companies in the world? I've got nothing. <laughs> if everyone only didn't never want to work for anyone, how, how would some of our healthcare system get funded? How would these taxes get paid? I mean, even though I think some of it is a scam, but let, let's just consider the facts, right? If everyone did the same thing, who's going to defend the person that's been in this country for 20 years and now they're saying they want to deport them because of some stupid rule that came out? That's why you need people like my cousin, Catherine Perez, selfless plug. If you guys know somebody who needs an immigration attorney, she can help. She's the bomb and she cares about people, Right. If you didn't have people like, let's just say, Randy Webb, who became a pilot and because of something that happened in his life that forced him into entrepreneurship and he took it and he ran and he's actually really good at it. But if he hadn't been a pilot first, half of us wouldn't even be here with the knowledge that we have because he was our he was the conduit. He was the connector for us. Right. If we didn't have people like, let's say, the Webbs 
who encouraged us to do this 21 day financial fast two years ago, we wouldn't be doing the financial fast right now. Right. Think about yourself. If the person who came to see you for whatever help they needed, if you weren't doing what you're doing, how would have it have gotten done? I mean, I'm sure someone else would do it, but you get the point. And so she just said that was atrocious advice. And she thinks that everyone has a God-given gift. And I back her up on that 1,000%. Some of y'all hear me and you're like, oh, God, I'm terrified to even hit the go live button. Lord Jesus, Francis, how do you do this every day? It's part of my gift, I think. But it may not be part of yours, and that's okay. Maybe the way you reach more people is intimate one-on-one conversations. And so... You got to understand that you can prosper in pursuit of your gift. And it doesn't matter what that looks like. You can still prosper being, you know, the, the top healthcare worker in your state. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up, but, but you get it. So not everyone should be an entrepreneur either. Some people lack a lot of self-discipline and lack commitment to themselves. And they want to be an entrepreneur to try to go tell people how to do those things when they lack those same things. Right. Some people want to be an entrepreneur and they don't even really care about people. But entrepreneurship really means solving problems which help people. So how do you want to go be an entrepreneur if you don't like people? So some people just shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Some people maybe need to be entrepreneurs, find a problem inside of a company and help fix it. (coughs) I like being an entrepreneur. Right now at the company that I work for, we're working on some blockchain technology related things to really do some cool things in the world of insurance to keep people's uh, information safe. I'll just say that much. I can't say too much, but that's entrepreneurship, getting some bigger thinking together to figure out how do we keep this stuff safe? That's entrepreneurship. So maybe you're meant to go to an awesome company that will treat your family pretty well. And maybe you're meant to do something great there. So there's no one right way. Do I think entrepreneurship could be better for some people? Absolutely. Because we're taught that the only way to make money is to exchange our time for it. And y'all know my stance on that. But at the same time, I understand that it's not for everyone. And if you are an entrepreneur on the line, or if you have a product or a service that you're passionate about, I hope that that frees you when someone tells you no about your opportunity. It's not for everyone. And if they say no to you, I'm about to free you again. They're not saying no to what you're offering. They're saying no to something in their life that doesn't line up with what you got to offer them. And so she just says that that's horrible advice. Um, We all have a God-given gift. Not everyone should be in real estate. Can I be real with you? I don't like the idea of being stressed out that tenants don't want to pay rent. Now, Johnny has a seed of a gift to to venture into real estate. Not me. I'm his greatest supporter. I'm down with it. I got some, we got some investment capital. Let's roll. But I'm not going to be all hands on deck with that one. That's going to be his passion project. As for me, I'll do the marketing. How about that? I'll tell people we need a tenant, okay? I'll do the background checks with what I know about data and insurance and all these things. But that's not my gift. I don't I don't want to be I, I that's just not it's not it's not for me. Not right now at least. God hasn't put that on my heart. And so understand she's like real estate is not for everybody. Just like everybody shouldn't be an entrepreneur. And so she said, we all can't be doctors or lawyers or whatever occupation you think it takes to get rich. Just like any business idea that you think it takes to get rich, it may not be for you or for a lot of other people. And so she just says, follow the principles presented in this book and you can live well, even on a teacher's salary. But can I interject and say, I don't think teachers get paid enough for their impact. And just like any other profession, there's great teachers and then there's some that shouldn't be teachers, right? (laughs) But for the most part, educators are world changers. And it's like Michelle says, some of the people that have impacted her life the most have been educators. We all got that one teacher we remember, right? I have three that I will never forget. Three that I will never forget. 
Mr. Tosato, he was my second grade teacher or first grade teacher. I'll never forget him. Jefferson Elementary School in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Then I had third grade, Miss Ramin, let her rest in peace. She died from lupus. And I cried the day that they announced her on the loudspeaker at school and say, give a moment of silence for her. Beautiful and just the best heart ever. And then fourth grade, uh, Miss Nathanson. My brother shared her as a teacher too. And she was bomb. She was hip to this. She wasn't taking your BS. And she did smoke a lot of cigarettes outside the school, but she was a great teacher. So we all know those educators that left some kind of impact in our life, right? Your kids probably have teachers that they talk about all the time. And so she says, if you can handle your money the right way and live by principles presented in this book. Oh, I can't forget Mrs. Visco from my vocational high school where we would do like half of the day school and half of the, the day of vocation of some kind. And I took um, early childhood education. For those of you guys who don't really know me or know my history, I was going to be an elementary school teacher. And I double majored in special education. And I do have a soft place for kids, but I'm just not meant to be an elementary school teacher. And I thought I was, but I'm just meant to teach in a different kind of way. And I figured that out. But I had this high school vocational teacher, Mrs. Visco, who I now have on Facebook, by the way. So, Benanise, your comment, you said you try to find your college teacher on Facebook. I actually found my high school teacher on Facebook. And I even invited her to my current business. And she said no, but it's okay. Because I understand everything's not for everyone, right? But that's my point. If you manage your money well, prosperity is for you. So she says, I just pray that none of this limits your definition of what it what it takes to be rich or what it means to be rich. And, you know, if you have a, a different kind of seed in you and it's OK, because it's not meant for anyone to water but you and following God's principles. Right. So it can mean having a lot of material things if that's what's for you. But it can also mean that you need to learn to live with less so that you can live life more abundantly. It can mean having financial peace, which is actually priceless. And it can also mean for those of us in this group who have this, this big seed that we share to help people, right? To help feed people that are not as fortunate. We can come and join forces. The more we get free, the more we can do. And so this is just the beginning, you guys. The 21-day financial fast is over, but your work is not, okay? So if you're in debt, you're not going to get out of debt in 21 days. Can we be real? Y'all agree? Drop a 7-7 seven, seven if you're like, yep, girl, you're right. Because after I did the, the debt reduction worksheet, <laughs> it's going to take more than 21 days. We might be talking about 21 months, right? And that's okay. Because guess what? You didn't get into all that debt in 21 days. <laughs> but Anise says, I'll be going to hot and juicy crawfish after the fast, maybe in two weeks. <laughs> Johnny's going like this in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you guys are hilarious. So she says, you're not going to get out of it that quick because you didn't you didn't get into it in 21 days. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I know I didn't get into my debt in 21 days. We're talking about debt since 2010. I'm I'm 12 years in the game, right, from my student loan. So I got to understand that that's not going to take me. 21 days to pay off, but she was going to take me the next 12 months and then I'm done, done. Okay. So she says, here's your next task. So here's homework for you. All right. And, and actually let me check. Cause I believe she mentions it, um, in the assignment. No, it, it's different. Okay. So your homework is for the next 30 days, you're going to keep a spending journal. This is not going to be like your journal from the fast, but this is going to be journaling every day what you spend. And if you're like me and your phone is mostly in your hand a lot of the time, I'm going to tell you an easy way to do it. Create a new note in your phone and let it run for 30 days. And every time you spend money, go into that note really quick and type where you were at and how much. Type what you spent and how much. Of course, you could do old school pen and paper. You could carry around a little one of those mini notebooks or whatever you need. But you have to journal your spending for the next 30 days. Every penny. And this includes when you pay some expenses like your mortgage, rent, car payment, etc. So the fast temporarily put a stop to your spending, right? And now... 
You need to track how you spend your money during a time where you don't have restrictions. Because I'm going to tell you, it's going to teach you one or two, one of two things. It's either going to teach you that you didn't take this fast serious enough, but it's also going to teach you if you need to rein in on more spending. It's going to teach you, do I need to adapt to these principles a little longer till it becomes a real habit for me? Or it's going to tell you, girl, you were just waiting for the fast to spend all your money. And that defeats what you should have learned, right? But it's also still the awareness of correcting as you go. So make sure that you are documenting what you spend. And she says she wants to hear the testimonies. So to email them to her, she has her email in there. And I'm actually going to compile a big email with a lot of our wins, a lot of our testimonies. And I'm going to send it to that email because you guys should be recognized for a lot of the things that are changing in your life. And so if you didn't go on that thread where I said uh, it's, this is a testimony thread. I'll, I'll comment on it again so it can come back up in the feed. But drop wins in that thread. Anything. If it changed the way you view money, if it helped you save $10 a week and you hadn't been saving, share that. Because y'all, I'm going to send this email. And I won't put your full name. I'll put your initials if that makes you feel better. If you want your full name, let me know. Because I'll put your whole government on there if you want it. But I just want her to know that there are people doing and following what was her entrepreneurship uh, seed, right? And so also she encourages share the fast with other people. Even though the fast is has ended, stay committed. I know a lot of us have debt from that day we need to work on. We have saving that we need to work toward, investing, whatever that is, stay committed. Where do we send our addresses? Um, you can text it to me. Uh, I think it's just safer, but I mean, I, I gave my phone number to you guys. So um, yes, text me your address because for those of you who've been on every day, even catching the replays, I do want to send you a token of appreciation um, for being here with me and doing this as the first financial fast that I was able to help lead. And so I want to send you guys a little token of appreciation. So make sure you send me your address. And Shelly, even though I know yours, I need you to send it again because I'm a mom and I forget things. So love you the same. I just, I remember all the numbers, but I get the street name wrong all the time. But I have your location, so I can always call the police if you're in trouble. So just let me know. But um, if you find yourself slipping, here's the accountability, the ability to account for what you're doing and not doing. Start the fast again. You don't need somebody to walk you through it. I'm grateful that we did this as a group. But the truth is, whenever you know you need extra accountability, go ahead and, and do the fast again, sis. And then... Um, she ends with, it's time to really evaluate and, and examine what you value so that you can most focus putting your money toward those things. I value seeing other people just light up because they know that there's still good people in the world. So look at the things that you value. And while you may not be able to buy everything that you want, you can still live a prosperous life. And the 21-day financial fast is going to put you on that financial peace and freedom path. And so the daily assignment for the last day is on the final day of the fast, calculate how much you've saved uh, by not spending during these last 21 days. You can do that by just looking at last month's credit card statement. And I want to shout out Shelly, who's in this financial fast with us. Um, she's got three kids, you guys. And like me, she has a schedule that she grocery shops on and she chose to not grocery shop as often because there was still food at the house. And you guys, she saved like $200 or some crazy number like that. That's a big deal as a single mom with three kids. Y'all give her some love in the chat. And I know she's probably like, really, Francis, why did you have to do this? I, I didn't do it for recognition, but I love her. And I think that someone should celebrate her because as a single mom of three kids, that's a huge freaking deal. And so shout out to all of you. You guys have been doing really amazing things. So I want you to share that on that testimony thread so we can really, really celebrate you. But for the assignment, it says um, to go ahead and tally up what you've saved, right? Also look at your debt, your debit charges from the previous month. 
Encourage at least one other person to go through the 21-day financial fast. Help someone else become a good steward. You can help change the legacy in your family or circle of friends by sharing what you have learned. Starting tomorrow, begin keeping your 30-day spending journal. So this is your, that's your homework, right? The 30-day spending journal, but also seeing what you've saved. And then thinking in your mind, who can I invite to do this? Exactly. Alejandra says that's extra money to use for quality time with the kids or whatever else. Exactly. This is what we call value-based spending, right? Putting the money where you value it the most and not on miscellaneous things that sometimes we don't even realize we buy. And so it's a really big deal. In the book, um, there's an appendix section that has templates of the budgets if you guys need it. Um, there is a, a sample of the spending journal that you can tap into. Um, you can start the financial fast at your church. Um, sample like journaling pages. There's financial fast um, scriptures and verses from every, from a lot of the days. I won't say every day, but there are really awesome scriptures that if you do falter, go back to these in the appendix and say, you know what? Let me see what it says again about tithes and offerings. Let me see what it says again about retirement. Let me see what it says again about an emergency fund in Proverbs, right? You can always go back to this. So you guys, that completes the 21-day financial fast. We freaking did it. I got one more thing, so don't get off. But we did it. Y'all, show yourselves some love in the chat. I'm hyped up. I said I was going to sleep, but then I realized it was daylight savings time. I didn't drop the book. And I'm excited because we get an extra hour tonight in case y'all missed it. So listen, I have one more thing I want to share with you guys outside of please send me your address and please comment testimonials. Okay. Who says no? Girl, I'm so excited about this extra hour. I know I shouldn't be because it happens every year. So it's not new, but, um, Okay, make sure you get your homework done. Make sure you um, do your spending journal the next 30 days. I'm going to be texting some of y'all, so don't think that you... <laughs> so who said Chick-fil-A is still open? Quit playing. Um, so make sure that you do the things, right? Not in Arizona, they're fine. That's too funny. So make sure you do all the things, okay? But uh, make sure you drop some testimonies on that testimony thread, please and thank you. Um, but yes, celebrate yourself. I see you. We did a great job. Yes. I'm super proud of you guys like there. Oh, there's no time change in Arizona. Oh, oh, okay. Um, sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm trying to have empathy right now, but I'm really excited that I get an extra hour, even though Lord knows. And a lot of you guys know I'm not going to sleep, but I probably should. So, um, now one more thing. So you guys, I have committed because I'm, I'm crazy like this. To do this again in January, I know, I know, you're like, again, but in January, the format might look a little different. It's still going to be the same thing. We're still going to do, do it as a group. And here's why. January is such a key time in people's lives. A lot of people are broke after Christmas spending. A lot of people are looking forward to tax time. And a lot of people have no idea what they should do with money. So I'm committed to helping more women and more people in general, but also keeping myself accountable at the top of the year. So I don't know the exact dates yet, but I can tell you it's going to run likely. Uh, I can give you some rough ideas of dates right now. So it's likely going to run from, let's see. 25th to 13th. Of February? Yeah. No, I don't want it to go into February. No. Okay, we need, we need to vote, okay? So would you guys prefer to do the fast January 21st through February 13th? Or would you prefer to end it on January 31st? Let me know. We're doing a poll right here because Johnny had a different idea than me. And I want to honor his creativeness. So what would you prefer to do? Would you prefer January 21st? Like, I think that's pretty cool because the 21-day financial fast, January 21st. So actually, it's a good idea. 
Um, Benny says, not February. That's my birthday. Girl, you know what we learned about birthdays. I'm going to make you a card. I'm going to make you a card, sis, and I'll send it in the mail because I'll have your address. Um, so let me know. Would you want to do it all in January or start January 21st into February 13th? The 13th of February is your birthday. Well, you can go to dinner that night and celebrate the fact that you finished the fast. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on, you guys. I'm trying to, this box came up and now I can't see your comments. Let's see what the comments say. I can tell you now I'll be breaking it on the 25th. That's my daughter's 15th birthday. You guys, progress, not perfection. You're all going to survive. I promise. I'm excited for a card. <laughs> Girl, I write in my cards. Quit playing. <laughs> It'll be very meaningful. <laughs> oh, snaps. Y'all are so funny. Okay. So we'll 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 debate this and I'll I'll release some final details. And so, all right. <clears throat> That ends the 21-day financial fast. Okay, wait. Uh, Leanna says, I'm up for any day and I'll plan on being there. Let's go. So I'm actually, I'm working on a different format, something that is probably going to be a bigger group. And so, okay, other than that, I'm good with it going into February. Okay, so I'm thinking, because I think it's cool to start the 21-day financial fast on January 21st. I think people would remember that. Um, so yeah, we might, we might actually go with the 21st of January, but I think it's a really good time because people do come across a lot of money during tax time that they're not good stewards of because a lot of people just don't know how some people know how, and they don't want to, but you really do have a lot of people that, um, that just don't know what to do. And so if we can plant those seeds in their life. So the challenge is what Michelle's talking about. Think of someone that you can encourage to come do this fast with you. Think of someone in your life that maybe for Christmas, if you normally gift them something, maybe get them this book in anticipation for them being able to do the fast. And then they can't say, I don't have the book when January rolls around, right? And so a lot of people mess up their money in the first quarter of the year because they know no different. They've just been messing it up for so long. That's all they know. And so maybe for someone in your life that you're thinking about a Christmas gift for, maybe you gift them this and write a little thoughtful note about why. And so I just want to challenge you guys. Um, I'll finalize the date for sure here soon. Mindset, Money, and More is going to be a weekly podcast where I'll be sharing tips, strategies, interviewing amazing guests from all around the world that are amazing at what they do, and also be sending you out tips personally to help you along your journey. Because after all, any area that you want to experience increase in is going to require you working on your mindset. My hope is to really bring my passion and my expertise, especially when it comes to financial services and helping others develop so that I can really empower, educate, and help lead others into their next level of increase. Follow me on social media at Mindset Money and More or at www.mindsetmoneymore.com and feel free to subscribe, rate, and comment on all podcast apps.